2: It's time for the Wally and Mathot Show, presented by SportsInteraction.com. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot, and we're back. We apologize for the break. I I will say, and you know this as well, there's a ton of stuff going on right now as we try to do different projects, which causes some issues of not being around all the time to do these shows. So we will try to fix that and, and and. uh, make it better for you. So we apologize for being a little bit tardy of late. It's all meth's fault. <laughs> it is. It's always my fault. <laughs> <nice calls. laughs> uh, this show is always brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash volume of for the most competitive live daily odds. They are Canada's online casino and sports book. Uh, go there today, by the way, uh, and pick up if you want, I guess if it's today on Tuesday, and uh, bet against the New Jersey Devils as they are the f- Underdogs in this one against the Ottawa Senators, the over-under set at six and a half. Um, I, if you were a betting man, Mark Mathot, before we get into this, Brady Kachuk needs one goal for 30 on the season and three games left on the year. Does he get it?
1: Well, you have to think he's going to... Knowing Brady, he'll probably will his way to that net and get fine one. And, and I, I'm, I'm more concerned about the opponents in a good way. I think if you're looking at an opportunity to score... I mean, against New Jersey, there's an opportunity there. Florida's going to be a tough game for them. We all know that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, the last game in, against Philly. So there's there's a couple games there where I feel like they can be high scoring, and that favors Brady. If I'm him, I'm going to spend the night right at net front. I'm going to get my butt right in front of that goalie and just wait for yeah. shots to come through and try to pick a rebound in. But, I mean, it's a number. and. and I don't know that Brady needs to get that number because we already know how valuable he is to this group regardless. But I think as a little personal um, accolade, I understand, though, the want to get to 30, that nice round number that yep. you can say you've achieved. So, and, and his brother just hit 40 goals, too. So there's probably a little bit of a competitive aspect as well. So I'm cheering him on. I hope he gets it.
0: Well, I will say also, as we do in the media, as we mentioned, he's a four-time 30-goal scorer or whatever. And in that, yeah, includes contract negotiations. And I know he signed for a while, but point is 30 goal score <laughs> to 20 goal score is millions of dollars at the end of the day, which is also another key yeah. issue at some point. Um agreed, agreed. Speaking of Brady, he's on our show today, which is brought to you by Whitewater Beer, the cool, refreshing taste of Whitewater Beer. Uh, go to them and go to shopwhitewater.ca, use the 50% off coupon at wham-funky fresh. Either pick up a funky fresh, which is phenomenal, by the way, or Uh, Methods as you know, new flavor alert, North and South is out Um, a little bit of fruit to it, but it's actually quite refreshing. It's a great summer beer. If you haven't tried it North and South, you can order it online. Uh, Also, I saw Astrolab is on sale. Uh, It's another good beer that I've always enjoyed of late. So uh, go to uh, shopwhitewater.ca use the wham dash funky fresh pour open a cold one and enjoy the interview this afternoon uh, with Brady Kachuk. Uh, he's very, very good. We'll get into the Alfie stuff. Um, as Meth played a huge part in this meeting, uh,
1: he'll tell you all about it in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it, to be a fly on the wall, though, for that conversation, because I can understand yes. Brady not wanting to divulge too much, right? Out of respect towards Alfie. And sure. quite frankly, it's nobody else's business, right? So, uh, but the idea of of what they may have been talking about is pretty cool. And I know Alfie, if you know, you know, if anybody knows Alfie, it's us. And he's that got that father figure sort of aura around him. Yeah. So you have to think that he was probably lecturing Brady a little bit about the dynamic of the city and the fans and what it's like, you know, around a room and managing the general manager and the coaches when things aren't going well yeah. and vice versa. So I'm sure Alfie had a lot of really good advice for him.
0: It'd be kind of neat. I really hope that Alfie finds his way back into this organization. I think it's just, as you know, it's imperative. I think for this group, um, let's get to the headlines. Shall we brought to you by Boyd moving, want better pay, more respect, more job security, then head on over to Boyd moving. If you're an experienced mover, truck driver, or just a hardworking go-getter who wants rewarding work, uh, and you have a better back than Mark Mathot, then it's time to turn Mm. your work, uh, your job into a career. Apply today at BoydCareers.ca. Boyd moving. We keep Ottawa moving. Uh, Let's start with. I'm going to Brendan Gallagher because he's always a fascinating character to me, and I think the NHL needs characters. We see them all the time. Obviously, Brad Marchand is a key one in that. If you are either the Ottawa Senators and/or the Montreal Canadiens, do you welcome the chaos that seems to follow Brendan Gallagher around wherever
1: he is? Yeah, there's there's it's it's fascinating, right? Because there's there's two sides to this. I think on the one hand, being a positive if you have him as a teammate is that. He'll kind of force you to, you know, he'll drag you into the battle with him as far as getting into those little after whistle scrums. He plays a little feisty. He's not, I, he's not a pest per se at all times, but he's relentless. You know, he'll get right in front of your goalie. He'll stop short right in front of a, a little a short save in front of your goaltender. And he knows what he's doing. Um, the little stick work that he does, he gets in your way. Um, I had a lot of great battles with him. He and I went at it a lot when I played with Ottawa because I always seemed to face him up on that wing. And uh, we played a lot against them in the playoff as well. But at the same time, over the course of an 82-game season, I feel like it would get old at times if he continued with that type of play because he's always dragging you into the physical altercations that, you know, maybe on any given night, you might not be necessarily game or down for that. But, I mean, he's competitive. That's contagious. I think overall, I'd like to have him as a teammate for sure because, like I said, he's a passionate player that plays with the chip on his shoulder And that just kind of um, trickles down into your lineup as far as any given night. It could be a back-to-back. You're tired. Players like him, players like Brady, they have a knack for sort of bringing a little energy into the group. So I got to hand it to him. You know, he was annoying to play against. Yes. um, But I'd probably welcome him in pretty quickly as a teammate.
0: Uh, It's interesting. People always say that. But then I'm looking at his contract and I think he has six goals on the year. Does that play a part when he's on your roster? creating all kinds of havoc and he's only being able to contribute this kind offensively.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's interesting, right? Cause he's not getting the production. And and when you play that type of style over the course of your career, it can wear on you and he's not a really big person. So, you know, all that abuse and all that wear and Terry's taking obviously has to take a toll on the body a little bit. I haven't watched, a ton of him. I haven't isolated him. And and so I'm not going to pretend like I've analyzed every game he's played this year. Um, but obviously point production is huge, you know, and he's, you know, I I played against him when he was at the height of his career. So that's sort of the the player that I have in mind when I do think of him, I don't think of the struggling offensive player. Uh, but you know, I watched him the other night and I thought he, he played a heavy game, you know, like in Ottawa, that's his bread and butter, those types of games where, you know, there's a lot on the line. I know I know neither team is making the postseason, but when the temperature is raised, yeah, I feel like players like him thrive in those environments. So, like I said, I stand by what I said. Yes, his, his, his point production isn't matching the dollar signs right now, but that's encapsulating, you know, a whole group around him that has been struggling this year. So it's hard to really just point the finger at one guy. I just like the
0: shade that you just threw at him and went. When- I played against him at the height of his career, like his career's over, which is why I just like oh, the fact I or he or know. or there's a height,
1: or there's a height joke there that I but <laughs> well, that was unintentional. I'm not doing that. You know, I have nothing. I really I mean this sincerely. I have nothing but respect for him and his play because he was annoying and really hard to play yeah. against in many ways, but he was clean, like he would never cheap shot you in the back of the leg, at least not with me. It was always just relentless. He'll come back at you in waves. Doesn't matter how many times you'd knock him down, and I admired that about him. He'd keep coming so. I I do have nothing but respect. Uh, Speaking of uh, hard to play against, Mark Kastelik is certainly
0: earning himself a spot uh, more and more, right? And so uh, in that same game, he scores two goals. And and I'm looking at the first goal he scores, and there's no celebration (laughs) anywhere. Then the camera pans over, and he's got the mitts off. Like, what a way to score your first NHL goal.
1: Yeah, and Gwally, that was a funny sequence because I was at that game. I wasn't working and I was up in the alumni box and we're up in like the 400s, right? So, but I was standing beside Laurie Boshman and we were just talking about whatever. And the play started to develop out of the corner where he was on the right side in the in the offensive zone and he just threw a puck at the net and then took a late hit. But that puck, I feel like I was one of the only guys that thought, I think that went in and nobody else kind of seemed to catch on to that. They saw Kastelik grab the rebound that it was, it was an odd rebound, right? It it didn't seem like it came off the goalie. Right. So I'm thinking like that went in and then all of a sudden I'm looking over again and he's fighting that same (laughs) in that same sequence right after the shot. And it was a blind shot at the net. And that's another example of just getting pucks to the net, right? You never know what's going to happen, but um, I love the player. I really do. And I mean, this is, I know he's the flavor right now, but I go beyond that beyond the point production. I love the energy that Castle brings to that line. Um, he's reliable. He's not some plug that's just skating around. He's actually a, a good two-way player as a role player on your fourth line. And he's responsible. He's pretty good on draws. Um, and he's got a physical element to him. You look even just looking at him, you know, there's that, you know, you think, okay, that's a guy that might drop the gloves if I play him a little too hard. He's got that tough guy look to him. So, um, between him and Sabare that game running around, I, I thought it was great because the game didn't matter. You know, everybody right. gets caught up in the wins and in the losses, but there's only a few games left. Both teams are at the bottom, at the ba- in the basement right now. I'm thinking, and Bosch, Bosch, who was a skilled player himself, he said it to me as well. He's like, I like that it's a statement game. You know, like like this is the time. If there's ever a time to establish a little bit more of assertiveness physically or whatever, it's now. It's not next year at the start of the season. It's 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 right now. So, um, you know, I thought the way they played almost forced a lot of the skilled guys in Montreal to kind of cower away a little bit. They got a little quieter. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was very effective and he got a hand DJ Smith that I'm not about throwing a bunch of goons on the ice. I don't think it was like that. I think it's just here. We're going to give you guys some physical players as a response. Enjoy it. And they did the job. Okay. I got a
0: question. Cause we've all penciled now in Parker Kelly and Mark Kaslich on the fourth line yep. with arguably Austin Watson. Everybody seems that that's cemented. The question yeah. I have is, consistent and you understand this more than anybody consistency is what makes you stay in the national hockey league if they get into next year and it's now into game 35 game 40 that body starts to break down right there's a you have to find a different level to remain consistent do those two players who are fairly young understand what it's going to take to get to game 82 and are they going to be that consistent we saw it with alex Formanton. At parts this year, he struggled because he just wasn't, I don't think, able to physically be ready for a whole season.
1: Yeah, and and it's hard because with Formington, his line mates with injuries, you know, we saw mm-hmm. some for a little while. Like there, there were random there was, and we talked about this with Brady. There were always injuries, so they never really got a lot of consistency in their lines. Yep. Um, but but to your but to your point about um, players like Castalic or even mo- probably more Parker Kelly, where he's very much a pest. Everybody knows that, um, you know, it, it can wear on you a little bit, maybe, but he's so young and he's energetic. Now, can you sustain that type of play for a 15-year career? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure he could prove me wrong, uh, but for now, being at his age and the amount of energy he has, yeah, okay, not every night. He's not going to be completely effective every every night, but um, I like what he brings to the table. I, I I am concerned with the makeup of those bottom two lines, Wally, because yeah. you mentioned You know, if if you have a player like Castellix, Sabrain, Parker, Kelly, and then you've got, you know, on that third line last game, you had Kelly Gambrell and um, Watson. Like Watson's going to have to come back down to that fourth line at some point. Um, And then what happens to Sabrain? Sabrain just the call up guy right now. So there's a lot of questions, um, but I loved. I love the energy from that line last game. And I hope it's not just an outlier or some sort of anomaly. I hope they can continue this for the next few games because right now they're making life very difficult for the general manager, right? Like Pierre's looking at this game now and going like he's scratching his head thinking, okay, like that fourth line was incredibly effective. Do we have to keep that together? Cause that to me is an ideal fourth line to have yeah. for the, the length of a season. You have the element of a tough guy who's still very young and hungry and guy like Sabrank, Castellix got shades of that as well. So I don't know. This is where I don't envy a management position because it's a hard decision to make. So you're going to have to take your time over these last three games, see what you have, and then that leads you into maybe some sort of format or or, um, uh, uh, idea of what you're going to get going into the um, training camp next season in October. Uh, Fair enough. You're talking about building a lineup. We'd also like to talk about
0: perhaps building up your backyard if you want landscape needs. Go to uh, (laughs) Bonisher Excavating Inc. (laughs) BonisherExcavating.com. Uh, They can redo your driveway, uh, also with uh, aggregate all kinds of landscaping needs. Uh, Give them a shout for competitive pricing. 613-432-1120 or go to bonnisherexcavating.com. BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Uh, Speaking of being reshaped for next year, Colin White's not in the lineup, which is one of the reasons Scott Savern has been recalled. Is there a chance, Mark Mathot, we have seen the last of Colin White in an Ottawa Senator uniform?
1: I mean, I... I, think, I will I think say to, just to the, people listening, yeah.
0: there is uh, three years left. I think it is at 4.75. Yeah. Three years left at 4.75 million. So yeah. what do you think?
1: Well, if, if you're the Ottawa Senators, I, I, I think at this point, looking at the way the team, the makeup of the team, the type of style the DJ wants out of this group, I, I just don't see him fitting in at this point. I think this was, and I, I love nothing but respect. I love Whitey, but this was his year, right? I mean, this was his year to make a big splash and sort of change the narrative or, or turn things around or what idea people had of the player. Yeah. Um, he had that opportunity this year. Of course, injuries played a big part in that. He missed a bunch of games. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, I, don't, I don't see him fitting in this lineup next season. I just don't. And now you have an opportunity as an organization to buy him out at one-third, um, which uh, to me is not something you typically see Ottawa do. Over the yeah. You know, if, if history has a, has a word here with, with what they're going to do moving forward, they've never typically bought players out. But I think in this case, with the way the lineup's structured, you're going to have to at least visit that avenue this summer and, and, you know, think long and hard about it. Because I just don't see any room for them here in this lineup moving forward. I don't. So part of me, though, and I, I agree
0: with you, and if I think the dollar amount doesn't matter, I think it's more to do with the play of the player. I would like to. I don't know why I feel a soft spot for Colin White. I want to see him yeah, thrive. I do too. I want, I'm hoping he's in the lineup next year. I uh, hope he has I a know. good year.
1: And these, I, yeah, these are the hard questions, Wally. Like I, I hate answering that question yeah. because I do, I do love the player. I like the individual. I think he's a great yeah. dude. Um, and, and this, is, uh, this is this isn't me saying I don't think he's a good player. I just, I don't know where you fit him in the lineup at that the tag role. right now. When you're exactly, and you're gonna yeah. have to. You got to think here, like this team at some point they're going to have to find some money for players like Norris and, and, um, uh, well, Formington. uh who's the other informant and, and then Zub at some point, like, yeah. and there's more, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a dollar guy or a GM, like I'm not a, <laughs> stri- a contract guy by any means. Um, uh, but, but that's my point. It's that at yeah. some point you're going to have to figure out, okay, we're going to have to allocate some of these funds and, you know, players like Zaitsev and white sort of weigh down that process. So, Unfortunately, that's what they're facing now and all teams face it. That's, you know, this isn't normal. This isn't exclusive to Ottawa. Other teams have to buy out players. Occasionally, it's just part of the process of growth when you're trying to build a winner. Uh, finally, uh, the Ottawa Senators aren't into the playoffs,
0: but the Belleville senators are into the playoffs for the first time in yeah. franchise history. And since they moved. And so our good friend Igor Sokolov is headed to the postseason. Good for uh You that. played in the AHL playoffs. There's lots of talk about what it does development wise, if it matters, uh, does it matter when you played in the playoffs? Did it make a difference for you getting to the National Hockey League?
1: Uh, well, first of all, congratulations to Belleville. That's huge. Coaching staff and everybody involved. They've done a really good job there. And we were questioning some of the moves, right, when they were sending down Gus, for example, or bringing guys up like a like a yo-yo. And now I understand. They've, they've got their playoff spot. It came down to the wire. Congratulations. But – from my experiences playing in them at the American league level, people need to understand. And, and I'm going to talk about, I'm going to be very transparent. Okay. Um, yes. Any amount of hockey is terrific for your growth, uh, for your maturity and, 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 you know, coming up into the NHL. But when you're down there and the paycheck stop coming in as an American league player, but the rent continues, it's conflicting, right? So when I'd be, I'd be down there in Syracuse, I stopped getting paid, you know, at the last game of the season, you're making American League money. I'm not, this isn't like boohoo. I, you know what? I'm sick of prefacing stuff with, oh, we're privileged. Yeah. I don't care about that shit anymore. Okay. It's reality. You're playing in the end. It's reality. You're not making money anymore, but you're still paying for rent and groceries and whatever. And you're, and you're working. So you're working for free now. So it gets difficult because it's a grind. It's been a long year. the The, the HL format is tough because you're playing three game um, you know, sequences on the weekends, it's always like three and threes or whatever it is. Yeah. So you're tired. Uh, but, but it is fun. You're still playing a sport with your friends and there's a goal and you want to win. Um, it's tough because most players down there, like myself, when I was down there, I was more focused on playing in the NHL. You know, I wanted to win with these guys. Yes. But my mind was always on the bigger picture. I'm like, I don't care about this. I want to focus on me and play in the NHL. That's my goal. So you've got the lifers that play in the American league that are just focused on winning and they really want to win. And then you got the fringe guys that are NHL players that want to make an impact. They know that the scouts are going to be in the buildings in the playoffs and their focus is on looking good. Yes, they're good. They want to win. Of course they want to win. I wanted to win too, but you're more concerned about your own individual progress and looking good in front of the scouts. You know, the GMs are going to be there because the NHL clubs out, they're all going to be focused on you every single game so, you know, like there are pros and cons to it. I was very much in the camp that I just wanted to look good. I wanted my play to look good so that the Columbus scouts thought, okay, he's an NHL player now. That's the honest truth. So whether people want to hear that or not, whatever, I don't care. That's just the way it was. And, uh, you know, it's, it, but it is a good learning, um, experience for some of the younger players, those first year guys that haven't played the pro level yet. And are getting a taste now of pro playoff hockey. It's a great opportunity for them.
0: Okay, so two questions. One, what was your biggest playoff paycheck uh
1: afterwards? (laughs) Wasn't much. Um, you know, I I, honestly I can't even remember. I think I made more playing in junior or bonuses in junior. We would make a a small bonus check when I was playing with London, like in the playoffs, like which is very common in the OHL, um, where the team will either give the guys some money to go and spend it out at the bar after the round or whatever it was. It wasn't significant enough that it was incentive to win. You know what I mean? So anyway, I'll leave it at that. It is what it is. uh, The other one was, did it make you uh,
0: play any better? Did it change you any better as a player? Like, did because the play's
1: elevated slightly...
0: Did you yeah. become a better player? Oh,
1: yeah. Like, and, 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 yeah, like, this isn't me shitting all over the the American League playoffs. Like, we played, we played against some heated rounds against the Marlies. We played against Manitoba several times while I was down there, uh, where they had players like Mike Keene and, um, oh, yeah. uh, Kevin BX. Uh, they, they, they always had a really good team in Manitoba. And, uh, same with the Marlies, right? Cause they had so much money in that system that they had a lot of really good older veteran players. So, yeah, it was great for me. I mean, for sure. It definitely didn't hurt me, uh, my development. Uh, but like I said, from a, from a psyche uh, perspective, you know, like your own mental, um, yeah. you know, aspect of it all, I, I guess I wasn't purely motivated to win. It was more a mixture between wanting to win and, and wanting to look good and trying to leave an impression with the organization.
0: All right, fair enough. Well, you always leave an impression with us. Um, speaking of impressionable uh, coming up, Brady Kachuk stops by. We talk about Alfie, of course, and lots of other things, getting the 30 goals, his brother, uh, plenty of different topics. So, uh, don't go anywhere. The whitewater chat with Brady Kachuk. is coming up. Uh, please be welcome now by the captain of the Ottawa Senators and back on the show for the second time. It's been a long time. Brady Kachuk. Good to see you, my friend. Good seeing you guys too. Thanks for having me. Okay. Brady, can we get right to this? Uh, the meeting with Alfie, which I think happened about 10 days ago or so, uh, it came shortly after we did our episode with the captain that was here for 17 years. Can you confirm or deny that maybe we played a part in this meeting?
3: A little bit. I'd say just got, got the wheels turned a little bit quicker, but um, yeah, we were supposed to do it earlier with, uh, in the season kind of right after being named, uh, but know, schedule got busy, COVID got crazy again. And, uh, I've just happy it all worked out. It was uh, honestly a great experience. And, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, hour and a half went by quick. You know, it was a lot of different topics we talked about. So, um, yeah, it was uh, you know, ton of fun getting to know him, kind of meet him and, and talk to him for the first time. Who paid? Uh, he did. I when the check came, it was uh,
0: slow over. No, was, uh, <laughs> uh, he uh,
3: he took care of me, and it was uh, definitely really nice of too. Nice,
0: very good. Uh, so, I don't want to ask you all that took place, but. Was there talk about maybe him being back around the players? I So one of the things I've always noticed, and Detroit's really good at this, and Montreal and all these storied franchises, they have all these veteran alumni around. And obviously Alfie is the biggest one of them all and missing. Is there any chatter of him possibly being around a bit more now uh, to meet players and to just give them some advice?
3: Yeah, I mean, um, we, we didn't really kind of get into that too much. Um, we just kind of were just talking about um, you know, his experiences, um, you know, as a player, you know, through the, the highs and lows of an individual career in a, in a season and um, just kind of how he handles different situations as, as a captain. But we didn't really get much into that um, kind of topic, really. It was just more kind of leaning on him with you know, situational stuff um, that happens on whether in every day during a game, you know, how to handle talking to refs and stuff like that and how he kind of went about his, his business just – just kind of little insight and you know, conversations like that, but um, not quite much um, conversations about you know, the other stuff.
0: Do you have? Did he give you any advice that you can share with us?
3: Yeah, well, just always lead by example, and, and um, I think that's you know the most important advice that you get to from somebody is is that, and and just kind of just you know bring guys along and, and lean on them for um you know, leadership, you know, push them in leadership and, you know, have guys push you to be the best leader you can be and a, and a better player. So um, those are, you know, the kind of the two things that he, that he told me. And, and uh, I definitely really appreciate you know, the insight he has and, and, you know, definitely look up to him big time.
1: I'm trying to think on how two, well, one former captain, legendary player, and obviously you're probably one of the more, most popular current players do you guys get any privacy at all while you guys were having lunch? Like, where were you in a private room somewhere? <laughs> no, we were actually uh, we went to Cantina Gia uh, right on Bank Street, so sat in that back
3: or like the, the room kind of tucked or the table tucked away. You know, a couple people, a couple eyes, but you no, know, a couple people came up and just said uh, some funny things. So I mean, it's it was pretty cool. I mean, he's he's a legend here, so uh, you yeah. know everyone loves him and, and uh, kind of just the what he's done for the community, you know, at, at the rank, away from the rank, just the impact he has, it's definitely something
0: to look up to. Mm-hmm. When you guys left, did you shake hands? Because that seems to be something not going so well with you when it comes to ceremonial face-offs. <laughs>
3: yeah. I i was joking around, you know, 0-2 <laughs> right now. So, um, i I've, both those guys apologized and, uh, no, I hold hard, no hard feelings there. You know, that happens. Not much I can do. So, Um, no, it's all good. you know, you can laugh about it after, but, um, yeah, it's funny that it's happened twice in probably like two or three weeks.
1: I was, I was at that game. there doing some stuff with the crowd and the fans, Brady. And I think, I don't remember seeing him like actively snub you. Did he just kind of like, was it just like a quick, like just turn around? And I know this is not that big a deal probably in your world right now, but a lot of people want to know about it. Was it like, did it look like it was maybe on purpose as he skated away or like, was just like a legitimate accident? I,
3: I think it was a legitimate accident because you know no, he you know, finished no hugging them and um, I just saw the video he turned away and then after he shook the hands and looked uh, back and nobody was there. So I was just you know, okay like it was honestly quick. And yeah and I was like, Oh, okay, that's all the one in Detroit would learn a little bit a little bit different and <laughs> funnier because no, I shook the hand first and then he shook and I was kinda waiting there and then he skated away. Yeah. I was like, all right, I guess we're right. so I just skated. myself. So. But we, we had a good, me and Larks had a good laugh about that one. So, no, both those guys apologize. So, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it's, honestly, it's free Well,
1: it's our job to dig for shit, right? So, like, yeah. I'll ask you a question, then Wally might come over the top and ask you again, just in hopes that we get a soundbite. But, I, I mean, as a former player, I get it. We like to overplay shit as media people, and it was probably nothing. But that game was not nothing. Was there any talk leading into it? I know you guys naturally, and you're the captain. You're going to downplay this probably, but like, was there any talk about the Galler situation, or or how you guys were going to approach that puck drop? Because I know Coach was itching to get Sabourin out there and Castalic. So, what was the talk in the in the dressing room about?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, right when it happened, like in Montreal, um, you know, taking the train back, or you know, reading into it, looking at it, talking about it, and obviously we didn't play them for a couple of weeks, so yeah. kind of got buried a little bit, but. You no, know, we always got Timmy's back, no matter what. Um, of course, we don't like somebody kind of freely saying that about, you know, a teammate. So, um, but, you know, like the games, like different now. It's, it's when you look back, there's you no know, line brawls and fights after fights. It's just not how it really is anymore. So, um, no, but to have, I remember it's had like a 15-second shift and, taken off and then all of a sudden, you know, the sword <laughs> casty go out there. And I mean, that's just as, as a, if I had to play against those two, I'd be definitely, you know, a little nervous <laughs> and definitely yeah. be more in check during that game. So, yeah, I mean, that's just, I think that's a good thing about our team is, you know, we have some of those guys that um, pretty intimidating can throw uh, throw them pretty good. So, um, so yeah, it's. uh it was exciting of course there's you know a couple fireworks during the games but you know nothing like uh, the good old days where it'd be fight after fight after fight so um <laughs> just kind of how it is now of course would we have loved that and it would have been great for the fans and in the game that would have been great but uh just kind of not how it was like trending towards so hmm.
0: uh it was fun a to watch threats,
3: a lot of threats though that was uh a lot of threats going back and forth. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> well, not no, much, and
3: not much action after
1: that. But that was great, though, because for me, at least from my vantage point, I'm not ask, I'm not calling for anybody's heads. But I think as a fan, you like to see a response from your team that you're cheering on, right? And if you guys can send a message in a reasonably insignificant game, right? There's no playoffs coming around. You may as well set the tone early with the team that's in your division. So from my standpoint, I thought you guys handled it perfectly. It didn't. The clown stuff didn't carry on for too long, but you let them know right off the bat, okay, like you guys are going to mess with our young kid. We're going to go after you a little bit. And then the dust settled and all their skilled guys almost kind of shelled up a little bit. Like they didn't want to play in the game. And that's what I noticed immediately.
3: Yeah. We were laughing after the first like, Well, that wasn't hockey. That was just nonsense. So uh, there's a lot of running around. So um, yeah, yeah, second yeah. period, everyone we kind of took over. There yeah. third period, kind of laid up a little bit. Made it, it was a little too exciting in the, in the third period there. So um, yeah, I mean, honestly, to get back to the game, it was fun. It was it had everything. The chaos yeah. at the at the start, but. Um, Happened went at home against Montreal on a Saturday night, so it was a definitely good
1: combo. <laughs> was there was there a little heart and crown action after that game, or was it pretty subtle, <laughs> nice and easy? It was more
3: subtle than that. Yeah, that that
1: was uh, that was fun that night. Oh, but, oh it was great.
3: Uh, yeah, it was no heart and crown, no karaoke, but um, good time still.
0: Oh, boy. I want to get to karaoke in one sec. The last question I have on the Montreal game is. Do you wish you had scored your first NHL goal and then immediately had a fight?
3: (laughs) That's pretty cool. Uh, I That was pretty cool. I remember I rewatched it and, and I saw him score. I don't think, well, of course he didn't know he scored, but then right when he dropped the gloves, I think cash like looked back quickly. (laughs) I think I haven't talked to him since. And I think he like, maybe registered, like, I think I might have scored that one. And then like, yeah. started fighting. I, was, <laughs> I was like, there can't be many people in the world that scored fight at the same time. I mean, that's pretty, pretty awesome. I'm jealous of that.
1: Yeah. And Sabre had to be pissed. Right. Cause he got like the, like free tap in and he goes back to the bench thinking he has the goal. So all I could think was once that reverses on him, like, was he a little bitter? Probably wouldn't voice that.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, he was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was funny. We all had good laughs at that, that good. moment.
0: That was so good. Um, do you wish your goal song was Mr. Brightside? Will you make this a request for next season? I've actually heard it a couple times when uh, you know, I've done some things. I know after the
3: game, um, when you know give sticks to fans, like, I hear they put on Mr. Brightside, so I don't know if it could be a goal song because you know, we have a pretty you know,
1: not a goal song.
3: Yeah, that's that's not really maybe after like a, a fight, maybe, but I've heard that before. But yeah, goal song, we have you know, our standard goal song, which is nice. And um, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know if it could ever be a goal song. Maybe after a fight, I'll take it and just jam out to that uh, the pounding box or something. <laughs>
0: Uh, Matthew, you've heard. Start, start
3: doing the, uh, what is it, Mighty Ducks 3 when he starts taking off all the gear? <laughs> yes.
1: <Yeah. laughs> Volton Reed and the other guy, the Bash Brothers, right? They start gearing yeah. down. Yeah, yeah.
3: They started throwing stuff in the stands. Just go tarp.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of tarps off, Matthew, you've seen Brady at Mark Stone's wedding sing Mr. Brightside. We've seen the video now with Josh Norris' backup. Uh, how would you rate Brady's singing ability?
1: Oh, it's good. I mean, half the battle is just showing up, you know what I mean? And, and he did that just fine. And my only memory from Brady, well, I got a lot of them from the wedding because he was he was in the wedding party, but um, I, I remember him looking a lot bigger and I remember him dancing with older women, like bringing on grandmothers onto the dance floor, twirling them. He was a showman and you could tell he was having fun. So I'm not going to embarrass him. Real talk, I can't think of anything else that happened that would genuinely embarrass him. So... Um, I thought I was impressed. It looked like he was really working the room.
3: Yeah. For me, it's just my brother and I call it being an entertainer. So <laughs> just, just, and we joke around and you know, all people around the team are like, what, like what happened? Like, how'd you get singing in front of everybody? I'm like, Oh, thank you later. Putting asses in seats. So I, just, <laughs> I said that jokingly, but I mean, I it just, it, it's kind of just been a run joke for, like the last week. So yeah, just. Good it's not a good voice at all, but just sing with your heart and and just get everybody going. So that's, that's pretty much the (laughs) only goal when it comes to that song, get people laughing.
0: Do you you get embarrassed? Like I've, I've seen you do a million things. Nothing seems to like rattle you at all. So is there anything about that you get embarrassed with?
3: A tough turnover gets me embarrassed, but uh, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, pretty confident. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, little things like that, maybe a tough game, get embarrassed, but, um, yeah, it's just, I think that's the only thing I can think of is not playing my best and being embarrassed. And, uh, you no, know, almost have that sense of letting people down, but not being my best, but, um, uh, mm. that's kind of the only thing that kind of makes me embarrassed with things. The,
0: the only thing I could think that, well, I shouldn't say this because people pick me on me for my fashion, whatever that shirt is you're wearing when you're singing with Josh Norris, it looks terrible to me. I'm not. I'm just going to straight up call it what it is.
3: Hey, that's fine. I actually just uh, somebody was wearing it that night, and uh, I jokingly asked him um, what it would take to. Oh, get it you off bought of. it
1: off someone. Oh. Yeah. So.
3: That explains <laughs> so,
1: everything. <laughs> so
3: I, I just this guy was wearing it. I was like, <laughs> hey, like, what, what what will it take to get that quarter zip? Because like I'm a Patriot fan that grew you know, up with Tom Brady and like that's pretty like that's pretty nice. And so and eventually he was like, ah, oh, nothing, like blah, blah, blah. And then like right after or right before, he's like, yeah, here you go, man. Like, just <laughs> was thinking about it. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. As long as I can take a picture of me and you and send it to, I don't know if it was his mom or, or something who know knows uh auto no, senator fan. So I um, got it and ward and, and it was uh, pretty funny. Uh,
0: so good because yeah it did I stood out to me right away um things that also stood out to me are brought to you by pearls of wisdom brought to you by Boyd moving uh, a couple of things we'd like to point out uh, that maybe you don't even know Brady uh two the only NHL player to have two seasons with 250 shots and 250 hits uh in NHL history, by the way, 70 even strength goals in his first four seasons. That's the most in sense history. 29. That's goals scored versus 29 of the 31 NHL opponents. Only Chicago and L.A. left now for you to score against that you haven't. And 31 uh, points against all 31 NHL teams already in your career, which is only like 270-some games. Like It's pretty impressive what you've been able to do so far. So where does 30 goals potentially on the season rank for you in terms of milestones
3: yeah i mean that definitely would be pretty cool um that's a goal you know i've had set um since the start of this year um of course always have high expectations for myself and yeah would it be awesome yeah but if it doesn't happen then um hopefully made an impact in you know other aspects but of course um every day just my goal this year is just every day be better um be a better player person uh leader and, and uh just try to be there for my teammates more and, and um yeah as you know it's been a you know kind of up and down season a lot of adversity you know team-wise with injuries and, and uh, all that type of stuff so um but of course if if it would hit be a pretty cool moment but if not um for like it did you know other i improved in other aspects of my game
0: Hmm. Oh, absolutely. 62 points, which uh, one more point would be the most points in a season since Eric Carlson in 2016-17 or 2015-16. So you've had this amazing season. Were you at all concerned when you signed that deal that there would be expectations that you might not be able to fulfill? Like, was there any, did you feel any pressure with the size of the contract?
3: No, I mean, of course, you know, people's. Uh, you know, opinions changed when that happens and, and you know, people's expectations got higher uh, for me to you know, kind of prove myself. But to be honest with you, I just wanted to prove it to myself. And, and uh, uh, I just wanted to show that um, every year, um, you know, I'm going to get better. Uh, I'm going to improve in aspects of the game that uh, maybe struggled the year before and, and just try to be a better player because of it. And, um, but with all that, it can't happen with, um, without the work, uh, you know, in the summer with, you know, the trainers and who have helped me out and, uh, you know, with my teammates this year, I've been fortunate to play with some pretty unreal players that, um, that we've had a lot of fun playing together with. So, um, you know what, it's, it's not a one person thing here. It's, um, you know, everybody leading in the right direction and, and, uh, helping each other out. And it's been, um, you know, with all the adversity, it, it's been, you know, tough, but, you know, a lot of lessons that we've learned and, and, uh, um, quite frankly, it's been, you know, a fun year and, and, uh, a lot of guys, you know, elevating their game and, and, uh, yeah, I think we all have expectations for each other and, and that we all you know, push each other to get there.
0: Uh, where does the moment where you signed your contract, you fly into Ottawa, you're shown on uh, the scoreboard at the game, you're basically like the mayor for a day or maybe the prime minister, the way the reaction was, uh, what was that feeling like uh, being received by the fans when you signed your new deal?
3: Yeah, I remember it was uh, it was pretty nuts. I legit got out of the car and went straight up there pretty much. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of blue jerseys, but I was just <laughs> overwhelmed with uh, this. It felt like it was sitting down, there's a lot of blue jerseys, but then everybody standing up was just, you know, Ottawa, of course, and place felt like was going nuts. And, I mean, I was just almost, like, didn't even know, like – didn't know what to do with my hands. Like, tell big goodnight. It's like, <laughs> with the microphone, I'm like, oh, what do I do? So, um, but yeah, it was, it was honestly a great memory. And, and to have, you no, know, it's I was always joking around, like, after, like, oh, I should have chung a beer or something. You really get the people going. But, uh, uh, but uh, no, it was honestly, it's a really cool, you know, moment. And just to kind of, you know, feel the love. And, you know, a couple days prior, is getting really tough. You know, the so season was coming around, you know, not being there. Uh, not being with my teammates and kind of not feeling like I'm a part of anything. It was, you know, getting really hard. And so we were getting really down to like the nitty gritty and just to kind of feel that love getting back. It was, uh, it was awesome. And, and I was just so excited to be able to see my teammates finally after you know, a long summer.
0: The, um, you talked about the sea of blue. We talk a lot about when the Leafs come to town, there's a lot of tickets to go to Toronto, Montreal the other night. There was a ton of obviously red, uh, there were the boots for hometown players. Tim Stutzla, what's that like? I guess as players are on the bench, um, it, there's a there's still a great atmosphere around it because the building sold out and there's a lot of emotion. Uh, but is it a little strange to hear the boo birds?
3: Yeah, that's exactly. It, it was an amazing atmosphere. You know, amazing energy. You can just feel it. And I'm playing. And yeah, it's it's. It's honestly, you don't even know what to think um, when, you know, Timmy was getting booed there. Um, it was different. It was weird. Um, of course, I don't know, if like, what the right word is, but um, but it, it was different. And, of course, just where that happened. But, you know what, it was a great atmosphere. Everybody was, you know, at the edge of their seat, I feel like, all game. You know, first period, like we talked about, with kind of the chaos of of – the game and then second all the goals and third kind of their pushback it was it was an entertaining game uh, i feel like there's a lot of memories made for you know fans you know whether it was our first game first time coming in a while that they're like okay this is what the game's all about so um it was it was fun especially that we came out with a big win and um that was a good experience
1: there's not a better feeling than pounding on one of those two teams in your own building knowing that all those fans have to leave pissed off but it, I, it's frustrating, but no matter what you do, it'll never change because you have two huge hockey meccas in Toronto and Montreal, and Ottawa is wedged right in between them. So I feel like that'll never change. But all I can remember, Chucky, was when I played here. We would we would say before the game started, "Okay, we got to get the crowd out of this game early. So come out strong." Like, who says that in their own building? You know what I mean? But it'll never change. It's annoying as hell. But once you guys come around the corner here and start really winning a lot of games with that young core you have, it'll be a lot of fun because those those games, even the Toronto game or the Montreal game, like the games are louder here in Ottawa than they are in those buildings. Cause in those buildings, you get a lot of the, the corporates, right? Like you, you don't get the blue collar crowd that you get when you come and play in Ottawa. So you got to have fun with it, but I, I'm, I'm with you in that it's very frustrating and it's a hard question to answer cause you don't want to say the wrong thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course we always, you know, you get the the people that really believe in us, you know, the Sens fans that you know, are sticking yeah. through with us and, of course it's it's probably way easier to get tickets you know at the games here versus you know those you know i've seen 100%. the prices i've seen the you know the tickets to kind of have a good experience it's it's crazy so you yeah. know what honestly like like you said it, it is different and fresh but it creates such a crazy atmosphere yeah, 100% and i and i agree that once we start you know pick it up and you know we um once we we believe can happen you know very soon that uh, yeah. uh, i think the you know ctc will, will be jumping and, and um with filled with tons of excitement
0: good which uh brendan do you dislike more lemieux or gallagher
3: huh. now you're just try to get sound bites out of <laughs> yeah
1: right? he is 100 he is <laughs> there he is i was waiting for that
3: one you know <laughs> i think i think you guys know my answer anyways
1: <laughs> do
0: you look forward yeah. I, I look, do you look forward to that game uh, yeah, whenever it I is mean, next season. Yeah,
3: yeah it's going to be probably the same thing, you know, emotional, you know, storylines going into it. So, um, you know, it's it's another game, but yeah, it's going to be definitely uh, uh, an emotional one.
0: Uh, I'll move on. Uh, to the sends this season, people will say either it looks like you took a step back because of where you are in the standings, or perhaps it's a step forward based on all the injuries you had and not being able to have Colin White and Shane Pinto and a bunch of other players. I mean, you missed Thomas Shabbat for a while. You missed the beginning of the season. Josh Norris, you know, on the injuries. Do you feel like this team has made a step forward um, collectively despite where it may be in the standings?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you get those opinions from, you know, I hate to say it, but people on Twitter just kind of voice their opinion. And Mm -hmm. um, you know what? I, I deep down believe that now we're, we're going to do something special here. And, and I know everybody in that room has that same belief that we're a team that can accomplish a lot. And I do think we took steps this year. I mean, like you said, right from, I don't think we had one full healthy lineup this year. And of course, we'd like to be a little bit higher in the, the standings, but um, we just, we faced a lot this year, you know, with injuries, you know, we're, you know, us and the Islanders were the two teams that kind of got hit really hard with COVID before, you know, the shutdown. So, um, we took time for us to kind of get back after that. Then we played, you know, one game in three weeks and then all of a sudden, every other game so or every game, every other day. So, you know, it's been a grind and I think it's going to be the lessons that we learned this year are going to be, you know, huge for us moving forward. And, and, um, with all the adversity that we faced and, and how we handled that, it's just going to be great for a group and, and that we'll be able to handle anything now because you know, all the the things we've done this year has been as crazy as as ever with all the the negative things that kind of happened this year. So um, we've we've all tried to learn from it and I think as of late you've been seeing us kind of turn on with um, with everyone kind of coming back and and. I just think that's kind of going to give everybody a preview. Of course, we can't look past these last two games, but um, the excitement and, and how everybody's just got so much better throughout the year.
0: Uh, you talked about the last little bit here. It's basically it was 50 games in 100 days. Uh, you're now at guess forty game 47. What, can you explain what the grind has been like? I understand you live a very privileged life and all, and I'm not trying to make it a big deal, but when you're a professional athlete and you're playing every other night on that grind – I don't know what the injuries are like for you guys, but I do know that that is a constant battle method and meth will understand too. Like what compared to the, all the other times you've played and I understand obviously COVID was different, but what's that grind been like?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, this last road trip was you know pretty crazy. We traveled all the way to Seattle, no played Seattle the next day, Vancouver the next day, then all the way back to the Eastern time zone. So um, just kind of like, just, the time change there, um, it's just, it's crazy. You know, you f- kind of forget it with last year, just playing, you know, there's just uh, six you know, seven other teams and then um, kind of getting back into the swing of things. It's just the travel just adds on. But of course with our team, there's never any excuses. There's no excuses not to be the hardest working team and, and uh, be our best. So um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, playoffs it's every other day and you see after the end of, you know what guys are battling through I know it's a little bit different being playoffs for just regular season but um yeah there's just a lot of guys battling through things and um kind of just hanging on by a thread to finish off and finish hard. Yeah.
1: so how do you how do you guys approach now like you just had a very emotional game against Montreal now you're going to be playing against New Jersey not a great team and then obviously Florida is going to be coming in afterwards and you guys are in Philly for your last one so What's the approach for this next game? Like, you obviously don't want to lay off the gas pedal, but you just come off all that travel. You know that you see the finish line. Like, is is it a struggle to try to get guys up for these last few games? I don't think so. Because I think,
3: you know, for us, even just saying, you know, count that, like, it's nine periods left. It's just nine periods of hockey just to give it your all, and, and then you have four months to recover or, or relax and kind of do whatever you want in the summer. So, I yeah. think, you know, these last three games, we're going to give it our absolute all. And I don't think we're going to take, you know, the foot off the gas. You know, a little bit of Montreal, we kind of just were starting to freelance, go back and forth, you know, trade chances. We just, three games, just want to prove to ourselves that we can play that mature game. And, and we want to win these next three. And we want to really kind of set the standard and, and set kind of the, the excitement for next year and, and to kind of leave on a positive and, and good foot that you know, we left it all out there and we're ready to go for next year.
0: Oh well, I will say for you playing New Jersey, it's a bit different because you're very close with the Hughes brothers. Uh, do you enjoy these battles when you go against these guys? Because you, uh, as a fa- both your families, I think are very very tight.
3: Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, we're always really tight with the Hughes. Hugheses. Got to see you know Quinn in Vancouver and um, you know, also you know Tommy Fitz being family and and uh, Frosty, their equipment manager, he's, he's pretty much family too. So um, we definitely have a lot of connections with. Um, New Jersey and and yeah they're fun to play against great to see everybody always and um, yeah it's uh, I don't know if Jack made the trip I, I don't think he made the trip because you know bound through uh, whatever he's got going on right now so um, yeah dance. we're all pretty tight yeah I think uh, lower body lower <laughs> there's body. a
1: flu there's a flu going around I think with that team they only dressed like eleven forwards on Sunday so they're I think they're pretty banged up right now oh I didn't it's the send so. flu.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're called the ten flu. Formy flu. They're, they're going. Formy's for got a couple big scraps, so You
1: got to right. be careful with
3: the ten flu. You don't know if he's going to snap when you're not. <laughs>
1: um. So, hey, I wanted yeah. to ask him just really quick. Sorry, Wally. I, I just so because I was reading some of the you know the stuff from today. You guys were doing a lot of media stuff. What are you, what is your plan now? And I know you have games left you're the captain, you're not looking to the summer, I understand, but world champ- world championships are around the corner. Like, What are you leaning towards? Are you considering it if you're healthy or is that something that you're still undecided with?
3: Yeah, I've actually talked to them, um, I think it was you know, last week or a couple of weeks ago, just kind of get on the same Yeah, of course it'd be an honor to represent your country in any event, but um, yeah. no, I've just been battling through a couple of things uh, for a couple of months now and I'm uh, yeah. just kind of going to wait and see what the team has to say about, you know, plans moving forward and how to take care of it. Um, just want to be healthy coming for, for next year and throughout the summer to be able to kind of come in as the best shape possible. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. it will probably be you no know, decision uh, coming here. and But I just, of course, just want both parties to know for steps moving forward.
1: Have you, have you like, and you'd think I would know this already. Cause I, but I don't do a whole lot of homework for these interviews. Did you, have you played in one by any chance yet? Or, or no, no, I, I haven't. Uh, no, I, I haven't
3: know. played one of those.
1: People it's funny. Cause most players that are asked like right now, almost always leave it open ended. Like they're always no one's ever fully committed because it's a month. And Wally knows he's covered a million of them. It's a full month of, of hockey past that 82 game stretch. Right. So guys are a little reluctant to go over there. I'm wondering, like, is that kind of at the back of your mind too? Like another more, more hockey, more grind, or is it purely just because your body might not be ready? Uh,
3: uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard, you know, guys have great experiences there and they'll and, uh, you know, meet new players and having fun. But um, no, for me personally, it's just, uh, you know, the body is kind of hurting here. So um, just kind of take care of the the nagging things that have been going on for you know, a couple months now. And, and get that all figured out and and, uh,
0: make sure it's all ready to go for next year. Fair enough. That was math looking for a (laughs) soundbite. I want to know about wearing the helmet and the magic that comes with wearing the bike helmet after a game. I will say though, Hmm. it doesn't seem like there's a lot of words of wisdom that get spoken once the helmet gets put on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> couple of guys get nervous around the camera. You just got to let, no, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I think, I don't know if guys get caught off guard or anything, but, um, or just don't want to say the generic, uh, oh, like nice job was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, so I think guys try to call it something different, but at the end of the day, just the steady Eddie's work every time. So, uh, just use the most generic ones you can.
0: How often does safety first get mentioned?
3: I Well, Holdy's always in the locker room before, so uh, I haven't heard it in a bit, but um, <laughs> you, you bet he's just throwing it out there just all the time. Whenever he gets it next to it, he'll definitely be saying it.
1: Stucky, we had to do, a, I had to do one One of the sweet visits was by like this, the Molson Lounge or whatever in the building, and I walked by this like bar. Everyone's getting hammered in the bar. I know you guys are far away from that, but there had to have been... 15 guys all wearing bike helmets and Oakleys getting absolutely loaded right up there. So, you guys have started something, and I feel like it's only going to perpetuate and get worse. So, congratulations. Yeah, I saw
3: those guys in warm-ups. Oh, and you I did? Was, I was crying, laughing. I was like, that's awesome. So, oh, it's amazing, uh, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool how that's kind of transpired to that. And yeah, uh, maybe, you know, of course, it's not even close to the, uh, the Hamburglar, but, uh, maybe once we get on a run and potentially go into playoffs, something can catch him. Um, everybody can kind of rally around that. Uh,
1: thousands of so bike helmets in the stands, yeah, that'd be <laughs> yeah. awesome. all of a
3: sudden they're just giving up free bike helmets and shades <laughs> and everybody, everybody in the place is wearing it. It'd
0: be something to look forward to Playoffs would be outstanding. Speaking of which come Sunday, are you all in on the Calgary flames? Uh, and obviously your brother, uh, Ooh, as they try to win question. the Stanley cup. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think so. It's, I'm going to hopefully be able to see him, um, you know, whether it's on the road uh, or in Calgary, but you know what, it's, it's exciting. It's, you know, we've always talked about what we do with, uh, you know, the Stanley cup if we, if we want it. So, um, you know, I'm going to be following him, you know, watching every game, maybe being games for, you know, you know, in person. So, We'll see. We'll see how they end up doing. You know, I'm, I'm excited for him. I know how excited he is, and um, of course, uh, I'll just keep wish him all the best. But you no, know, I'll definitely be rooting him on.
1: I feel I feel like a small part of You has to be kind of competitive and not wanting to win one, though, right? Like that. Like I got a brother too. He played, obviously, not the same level, but I, I wouldn't want to be that odd man out. Like, is that not kind of at the back of your mind? <laughs> to
3: be honest, yeah. Uh, like, not really, because I just think. <laughs> about the how much of a time I would have if you won the Stanley Cup yeah, and the party. I was like, you know what? Like, I, This is a preview for what I'm going to do. And like, I could yeah. you know, go to your party, see what, what's going to be fun for when I have my party for the Stanley Cup. Good, so, good line of thinking. So, yeah, so I'm like, yeah, you win, but now I can go with my plans for when you know when we win here in Ottawa. Uh,
0: yeah, quickly, right um, Matthew got 100 points, as, as you obviously know, uh, which was... Two more points than your dad's highest ever, and in, in Keith Kachuk, what was uh, Matthew saying to Keith when he beat his record?
3: Well, like kind of like the big thing with our family is you know my my dad will I don't know if you like will brag about something, but then he will follow like a big boom like like big walls the best boom like something like that so. Um, <laughs> So we were joking around, like, we we're all texting, like, let's go, like, congrats, like all in our family group chat. And like, all they responded is, was just boom. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> and, uh, um, it's just kind of, we all had a good laugh. So I actually I haven't really talked to him in person after I was talking to him before and I was glued to the TV that Dallas game, and I was fired up when he got it. Awesome. Uh,
0: it's so good. A uh, hundred points is amazing to me, especially as we continue on through the NHL, it just seems to be tougher and tougher to score. Um, before we let you go, uh, what have you learned about your team this year?
3: That's a good question. I, I just think the kind of maturity that we have for being a younger team, is, um, like I've been saying, just the adversity we face and, and how we've gotten better because of it and how uh, you know, we've elevated our games to be better is, is you know, Pretty awesome. We've won games with our maturity too, and, and being able to close it out when at the start of the year we've maybe a baby just you know lost the lead and, and uh, lost the game. So uh, I'd say you know the maturity through the last couple of months have been uh, the thing I've learned the most.
0: Who's the best goal scorer on the Ottawa Senators? Is it you? Is it Josh? Is it Drake Batherson? Tim Stutzla? Probably go. Who's the... probably go with Josh? Josh <laughs> is probably the best. Yeah, it's pretty easy to say
3: him with whenever you get in this spot, he can go anywhere. you can score from anywhere. So I'd probably go Josh.
0: It's amazing what he's been able to do. And 34 goals already on the season. Uh, finally, uh, if you do win the Stanley cup and you've got your party planned, would you have Adele sing at your party?
3: Adele, if I could get Adele to sing at the party, absolutely. I'll take, uh, and that'd be the, probably the best party ever. So yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah i mean if, if she's available then yeah i'll, I'll have her saying but um i guess we'll have to we'll wait and see but yeah i guess uh we'll we get the invite for that one
0: I, I just remember when we first had you on and you talked about going to an adele concert it made all kinds of headlines and so it always made me laugh i've never forgotten you saying that you would like to go to a adele concert so i hmm. hope it i hope it works out yeah.
3: i appreciate that well thank you
0: uh brady kachuk we appreciate you stopping by thank you very much good luck uh the rest of the season and uh, enjoy your summer it's been well deserved my friend
3: awesome thank you guys thanks for having me
0: as always thanks to our good friend brady kachuk for stopping by I hope he has a fantastic weekend. My guess is he's got all his summer plans booked. Uh, Meth, when you were in the final week of the regular season and there's nothing to play for, there's no playoffs, uh, when do you start planning your
1: summer vacation? (laughs) Oh, it's planned. Hey, listen, if anybody in that lineup tells you otherwise, they're full of shit, okay? Because guys typically, you know, you know it's inevitable, and when you're clear cut out of it with however many games left, You know, you're obviously still focused on winning and you want to look good and your individual play matters, especially if you're vying for a deal or looking to get extended next year, you want to look good. So you're motivated to still win games, but you know, you are thinking about the beach and, you know, a pina colada or whatever it is, whatever weapon of choice you go with down there. So, um, usually the best indicator Wally is how quickly players leave town. So if players happen to get on a flight the day after the last game or two days after, you know, they booked that flight to two months prior. So um, I, for me personally, that last week, I'd get a little anxious because all I could think of is the end of the year party and how I'm going to feel the following morning, going into my end of the year meetings with the coaching yep. staff and the GM. So that, that would be my memory. Uh, uh, and, and then seeing the hungover players coming in, right. And having to call guys and be like, okay, does anybody know where so-and-so is his meetings in 10 minutes, stuff like that. And players have had to drive out, slam on doors, wake that individual up, get him to the rink, clean him up. You're almost propping the guy up with your hands to make that meeting and force feeding him coffee. So a lot of fond memories from playing for sure.
0: Uh, Craig, and I meant to say, welcome to the show. Uh, One thing I always do with Craig is I always see (laughs) him on the show and I keep forgetting to say that everybody else does it. So, uh, Welcome to the show. I apologize
2: for most people that don't know, like I'm always on the screen somewhere, just maybe not yeah. yours, maybe not your uh, screen. So yes, I'm on your well, screen now. So what's happening?
1: And it's funny. The dynamic with Craig is Wally and I can always see him while we're doing the show. Yeah. And every once in a while, if something incredibly stupid comes out of my mouth or Wally's, you can see Craig kind of cringing in the <laughs> make, background, make a note so of always, it or something. Yeah. <laughs> we've always got the body language.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, Matt said yeah. something I could clip for, I mean, yeah. that, and I'm an idiot or something yeah, yeah. and
0: that's all I need. Yeah. yeah I that's just, right. do it, so that's not good. So I yeah. apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, when you're God, around someone, the, someone gets that. When you're around the room, you know like I when it's the last week, guys mm. just they have zero desire to have a chat
2: yeah and i mean to be honest with you it's the feelings pretty mutual like i think yeah. we're all just trying to get to the finish line there uh it's it's always cool to hear because the players are all like yeah i can't wait to get out of here we're going golfing we're hitting up the beach i was like on my end i'm just psyched to get my evenings and weekends back like that's uh <laughs> that's like that that changes everything when you don't have well, to work every weekend and every but night it's like
1: oh. it's funny you say that craig because i to a degree I think we could relate as well because mm-hmm. we, as you know like the schedule you and Wally both know this when you're traveling with the team I mean none of us including you guys are on a normal sleep schedule right so I, that was another thing I'm like that first week back I'm like wow I'm sleeping like my, my sleeping's regular again I'm getting seven hours a night as opposed to six or five right oh, so that was always a big one
2: yeah you almost like it, it's just nice you don't know what to do with yourself in the evening when you don't have to watch a game every other day whatever so it's really nice but I mean, Brent, you know, it, it switches to then when's the draft lottery? When's, yep. when's the draft? When's the combine? Yeah. When's free agency True. starts? So it doesn't really – it just kind of slows down. Evenings and weekends come back, which is nice. But other well, than yeah. that, it's like the hours get a little – they're still a, a tad unreasonable at times, but they get a little more reasonable, <laughs> so that's good.
0: See, and I always had to – I was always off to the playoffs. So I never got oh, that yeah. break. It was like as soon oh, as the oh, – right. whatever this game was – Locker cleanout day was done. I was off to whatever round was going on or the world championships. And so I'd always be a little happier and perkier because I'd see like meth, hey, going to the world championships. Cause I thought it was a blast. Yeah, so yeah, like,
1: yeah, yeah. Just shut up for a week and then we'll talk afterwards. <laughs>
0: that was, yeah, I was
1: always the perky guy. Yeah. The world championship thing is a weird one, right? Like, so if you're a player and you're invited to it, everybody in your circle, like all your teammates, like at the NHL level, are, yep. are, going away right they're booking trips and you're just looking at them and you're envious yes and then you're and all you're doing is okay i'm going to give myself like two to three days off and then i'm gonna have to start skating again so then you're alone on the ice taking shots because you don't want to go overseas and be embarrassed so uh it's it's always an interesting dynamic which was fun to talk to brady about it a little bit you can always see the reluctancy in players when they talk about the worlds initially but then they go over and they have a good time but it's hard to agree to something like that after doing an 82 game grind and the problem is
0: though, for you guys, and you talk about, we're talking about in the interview is you never want to talk about the world championships while there's NHL games going on. Cause you think it's like some, Oh, I can't do it. It's wrong to discuss it. But you guys have yeah. been contacted by hockey Canada or USA hockey. Oh yeah. Weeks ago, in advance. Right. Like yeah. you're well aware yeah. of this. So uh, I think I'm going to yeah. go, but we'll see at
1: the end of the year. Meanwhile,
0: Canada has you penciled in on the first
1: line. Oh yeah. Guaranteed. And that's, that's, yeah, it's something that'll never change. That's just hockey, right? Guys try to be the ultimate team players. Yeah. So you don't want any outside distractions. And I know it's silly, but it is it is what it is.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's the only, I would just wish, like, just tell me you're going and we can just move on from this, but whatever. I know. And But I guess there is the issue if they play three games and get hurt, uh, then, yeah. then they're not a going. Possibility. So I do, yeah. I remember uh, the year 2019, uh, Mark Stone was aggressively um, – Recruiting players to come over and One, he got like John Tavares to show up. They had a really good team and then Tavares got hurt and they, and they ended up not winning it. But the the recruiting stuff now is taking place because it's harder and harder to get more guys to come over because they want their breaks. Well, the you know really what? Long. And it's,
1: it's, but there's more to it. Like, cause hockey Canada's first class, they do yep. such a good job taking care of the guys, but you're still roommate. You're still rooming with a guy. So, and that drove me crazy. You know, and the odd player that goes over there would have their own room. But like for for like a player like me, for example, at the time, I'd always have a roommate. And if if anybody knows what the situations are like in hotels over in Europe, it ain't like North America. Okay. And this is something people always just talk about how great Europe is. Listen, (laughs) plumbing's not the same, right? (laughs) So the bedrooms are not the same. So you've got two, two single beds that are almost lockstep together with a, maybe a, a token nightstand, oftentimes we'd have to actually separate. We'd have to like reorganize the room so I can hold, like, I'd be like with Bomeister, for example, my last one. And I, I could hold his hand while I was sleeping. So you're sleeping with a grown man, literally in your personal space. I mean, it wouldn't pass COVID protocol. That's how close you are. And you know you're doing that, and then you go into the shower and the odd the odd hotel rooms like it's like an integrated shower with a bath with a with a toilet, all in one. Like the whole thing is a shower yes. floor, so everything's yes. just water everywhere. Wet. You're uh, it's it's now listen, you know I'm done talking about being privileged. I don't give a shit. Yes, uh, call me privileged. It was a fucking logistical nightmare. So that's the only issue is going over there. Yeah, it's not as enjoyable as you think it is. You're still grinding out a hockey schedule you're, you have no privacy. You're always with some random person. Like you're with a, you're, you're like sleeping beside a stranger. These are players that you don't know, right? It's one thing to sleep with a beside a player that you know, that you've played with all year, but like Alex Burrows, Jay Bomeister, you go down the list of players, like guys, I don't know. Some of them I hated and I'm expected to sleep beside them. So, you know, other than that, they do a really good job, but if you're a little OCD and you don't, you know, you want your personal space maybe that tournament isn't for you. That's all I'm going to say. I Can you so, just picture you you rolling over and like you're your nose to nose with a
2: sleeping Alex Burroughs and, and that and was like, the moment you fucking decided to get, catch a flight back home. I'm out. Exa- so. well,
1: yeah, it's funny. Uh-huh. And I know I told the story before Yeah, because I had a bad back at the time, right? That was like right before I had to get my extension the following season and my back was still screwed up that summer. And I can remember Burr was just honking away, like snoring. <laughs> And I couldn't even get comfortable in bed because I'm sleeping on this little four by four. And then I'm like, okay. And then it it was like 4am one night and I'm like, I can't do this anymore enough. I was like, I boiled over. So I'm calling my agent at four in the morning. I'm like, Larry, I don't care. Get me out of here. Call hockey Canada. I want to go home. I want my bed. I can't play. This isn't fun. (laughs) You know, I can't even, I can't even put my skates on. So Larry like would try to tell me, "Okay, wait, just try to go, but get some sleep." I'm like, "You don't understand, I can't sleep." Burroughs is snoring in the other room. Either send me some sleeping medication or get me the hell out of here. Anyway, long story short, I ended up leaving. But um, yeah, man, it's it's a it's a grind if you're not uh, comfortable doing that type of stuff. It is. I so my favorite or
0: least favorite or most memorable moment is we're in Slovakia. It's and you guys usually have C J. Yeah. so it's small yeah. town right and so it's a small oh yeah it's a boutique hotel uh it's been around for 200 years or whatever so <laughs> so we said se- i send out my laundry to get done i come back and we walk up the stairs and at the top of the stairs is a meeting like a boardroom and i'm like i can just see some clothes on like a tree kind of thing drying and i'm like that looks like my socks so i walk over and in the in the middle of this boardroom they're drying my clothes so my underwear's <laughs> hanging there, everything. I'm like, so was, I was like, okay. Oh, this that's is, great.
1: Yeah. So they use they use the boardroom as a drying area for random
0: clothing and, from and, and the ladies they would they would the ladies uh, would smoke in there. I think it was like their break room, but it
1: was a boardroom. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. So there you go. People <laughs> have a better idea. Like it's not like. You know, but it's, you're awesome. not staying at the Ritz Carlton. Yeah. It's different. No. no, it's great. Like we had a blast. Like we would be stumbling through the McDonald's drive through at like 2 AM <laughs> after going out with all the guys. Like, it's great. Yes. Like, it's a fun tournament, but you need to be just like very relaxed and understand yes. that you're not going to be getting the NHL experience. It's a little different, right? Yeah. It's a full different world. Absolutely. Which, yeah, what
0: that's totally, and that's what makes it, I think a little bit fun is that it's out of your comfort zone. So it's a little, yes. a little different. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Craig, you need to experience. Have you been to Europe? Nah,
2: nah, yeah. I left. I left North America for the first time to go to Mexico. I'm more. I'm a. I'm a homebody, man. Like when you guys are describing those things, I was like, that sounds terrible. My first thought is like, I guarantee the Wi-Fi is shit. Like that shit yeah. uh, would be terrible. I would have no fun. Yeah. So you're told. You're correct. I probably correct. won't go to Europe. I probably like that's uh, that's it's, probably not for
1: me. Europe is Europe unless you're going to like nice, you know, like warm, like like Greece yeah. or places like that. It's completely overrated. I, I well, yeah. I'm gonna get flack for saying that. I disagree. I, this. I love it. But but like I I enjoyed Austria. I enjoyed Germany. Um, you know, like you know, I shouldn't say that because Scandinavia like um Scandinavia. Um <laughs> Slovakia. Uh, Slovakia was great. Like you're right. They're they're all they all have their it's just different. they little quirks. Yeah, they're different, but it's not. It's not like a cushy, comfortable vacation. It's right. like a lot of walking, sightseeing. Like Prague I was really cool. I hate sightseeing. I know, it. but I'm the same way. I'm more oh. like I need to be. Inter- I need to be like doing uh. stuff. Like I, I, like we were in Prague, and they have this like two thousand year old clock, right? So you sit there, <laughs> and you lo- you watch the clock, and maybe like one of those cuckoo bird comes out at every on on every hour, and you're thinking, okay, that was cool. I'm ready to go back home now. You know what I mean? It's like yeah.
0: Was that? Guess, was was that we're in a sight
1: Prague or was that Switzerland and Bern? No, That's Prague. The- Prague okay. has the really old clock in the town square, and okay. um, it's yeah, it's it's really cool. But like, it's like one of the oldest clocks in the world.
0: But Switzerland in Bern has the uh, one of the famous. They have-
1: clock they have like, one yeah. there too yes they have one there too yeah
0: all right now i listen i could probably go to
2: europe and have a really good time but it's less about europe and more about my ability to find like be able to have fun anywhere right like i could probably yes. find cool shit to do in europe that would be fun but i probably wouldn't pick out Kosice to go visit just on my own or with my family <laughs> or whatever like because you guys circumstances
1: brought you there yes yeah ca- circumstances. Well, I'm sure it's it fun. Was. It's yeah. fun when you go with a group of 23 other yeah. dudes that are yeah. your age and share the same interests yeah. and like to drink beer. That yeah. was fun. Now, to go there with my two kids and my wife, probably not so much. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so right.
2: I, I've been to a lot of places through work that I probably wouldn't just travel to normally. And I had fun there. So I, I think that's just traveling. Right. So yeah. it depends on your circumstances. Agreed. Sightseeing is the worst. That's why I'm not into Europe or those things. Like, I don't want to go see a clock. Like, that would <laughs> that would be a pretty lousy day. So I'm more of a sit or I, listen. I love food. Like, the food there in a lot of places, food. I'm sure, is pretty good. Like, that would, that would probably hook me in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Schnitzel's good. Well, speaking of clocks, we're out of time. So uh, until next time, uh, thank you for everybody uh, to our sponsor, Sports Interaction, BEI, Bonisher Excavating, Inc., Boyd Moving, and, of course, Whitewater Beer. We'll see you all next time. That's the a Thought Show.